Artemis is currently in the process of recruiting 30 sportswomen from around the country to make up our 2022 ambassador cohort, and we would love to get an application from you. If you've ever thought that being an ambassador might be an exciting opportunity to learn more about conservation and to help grow a community of sportswomen near you, this now's the time. Uh, applications are open through February 7th. You can find a link to submit yours in the show notes. Um, and if you yourself don't feel like you're ready to step into an ambassador role, but you know someone who might be a good fit, please tell them about this opportunity. Uh, we can't wait to receive your applications. Artemis endeavors to get more women in the field and on the water. To support women as leaders in the conservation movement, to ensure the vitality of our lands, waters, and wildlife. Artemis endeavors to change the face of conservation. Welcome to the Artemis Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Chance, and my guests today are Kathy Stevens, famous for her role in the 2021 Turkey Tactics, for those of you who attended that, and Erin Glenn. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Great to be here. Yes, I am so thankful to both of you for joining me for this conversation. Just to get started, maybe Kathy, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure, happy to do that. And um, I know this audience is most interested in the kinds of things that I enjoy doing outside um, and have been an avid outdoorsman for um, probably, well, my entire life. But as far as hunting, I started hunting around 1979, so have been involved in, in hunting um, for a long time. Um, most of that has been with wild turkeys and with white-tailed deer. Um, I've dabbled a little in some other things like elk hunting, which I really enjoy. But since I live in South Carolina, it's it's a, a, a bit of a travel to get there to do it, but I truly do enjoy um, deer hunting and wild turkeys, and I'm, I'm really a, a wild turkey specialist. Um, I am married. My husband is a, a also an avid outdoorsman and really taught me a lot about hunting over the years. I have two grown daughters and four grandchildren, um, and I retired last year from an academic medicine position from um, where I had been responsible for graduate medical education programs for over 30 years. Wow, that is quite the bio. Erin, <laughs> um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself as well. And I would just like to point out that today's conversation is all about how you two met and what you've done together since then as far as hunting. So Erin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, gosh, trying to think about how to tailor my bio for this audience. Um, I am brand new to hunting. I just started this past spring, um, which is how I met Kathy. Um, background, gee, I went to Georgia Tech. Um, grew up doing everything outside with my dad. Um, camping, hiking, building forts in the woods with my brother. Um, always had a love for the outdoors, but just got pulled away from that with life. College, um, worked as a consultant for a while, joined the military, then worked as a consultant again, and now I am with Emory University. So I've had a lot of 
reinventions with my career, but have always come back to the outdoors. And my husband and I enjoy going out west, not in the past couple of years because of, you know, everything going on, but uh, going out west and doing these massive hiking trips. So um, just wanted to connect more with my food, um, become more self-sufficient, the outdoors, and that's how I found Artemis and ultimately met Kathy at Turkey Camp this past year. And I currently live in Charleston, South Carolina. It's been a big year. We've moved from Georgia um, to South Carolina, but it's been great because I've been a lot closer to a lot of the Artemis activities that are going on. Excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, can both of you just kind of talk a little bit about Turkey Camp? We haven't heard about the South Carolina Turkey Camp on the podcast yet. And I would love to know just how you heard about it, what you expected, what it was like, and um, how you came away from that with a friendship around hunting. Um, thanks for asking about that, Ashley. Um, Morgan Harrell, um, as you know, um, is a person who has really been coordinating so many things for Artemis in South Carolina and taking the lead on lots of things. And she's done a wonderful job of, of um, pulling together resources and individuals um, to make sure that these are, were good experiences for us. And um, I think back when you and I talked um, some time ago, and I had originally um, talked with one of the um, National Wildlife Federation um, folks, um, Ron Warnkin, several years ago, when he heard that I was going to be retiring, he asked me if I would be willing to get involved in this, the Artemis program. Um, I also had heard about it back about three years ago when I was at NWF for their annual meeting and was fortunate enough to receive an award from NWF from my conservation efforts over the years. So it is something I've been thinking about. Um, I really had not done a lot of uh, volunteer um, mentoring type things over the years a little bit with my children and grandchildren and, and some friends um, had thought about doing it with NWTF and and also South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, which has a program called Take One, Make One. Um, but the timing was just right. I felt like with all of the um, joy and um, wonderful times outdoors that I've had over the years, especially hunting wild turkeys, that it was time for me to also um, give back to the sport and help some other folks um, learn more about it and hopefully um, get addicted to it the way that I am. Um, I had, had mentioned previously before I retired that every spring since 1979, I have taken two weeks of vacation to go wild turkey hunting um, in South Carolina because it's it's such a passion of mine. And I love the solitude and just everything about being outside. And so wanted to share that with others. So anyway, Morgan um, put this camp together and um, we talked about this um, for some time ahead of the camp occurring and about where it would be, where we would go hunting. We went out, did some scouting ahead. Um, and so that's how this was originally set up and how I got involved initially. So I'll let Erin talk a little bit about how she learned about it, and then maybe we can 
um, talk about the experience it, it itself after that. Sure. Um, so I guess this was last spring and I had just gotten my um, hunter education certificate. Um, previous to this, I, it would basically just been me convincing my husband to watch uh, Steve Ranella's Meat Eater every night and <laughs> me just getting more and more excited about it. And so that led me to getting my education certificate and I just wanted any opportunity to get out there. I think I'd attended a couple of Artemis Zoom calls in the evenings um, and then heard about it and just jumped right on it. I was so excited. Um, so I didn't know anybody. Um, I think I'd, I'd seen Morgan over one of the Zoom calls, but yeah, I just drove to South Carolina and showed up with my shiny new camo. Um, <laughs> I felt like I needed to roll in the dirt or something to be a little more legit, just like all matching. Um, anyway, so yeah, a um, bunch that of was wonderful <laughs> ladies at the camp. Um, were very welcoming and yeah, I was just open to any adventure possible. And and I loved it when um, Erin got, um, she was the person who Morgan asked me if I would take out with me um, as I was hunting. And I was so glad that I had some extra warm camo um, <laughs> jackets with me because Erin would have been a little cold that next morning, but that helped, that helped to kind of break up that new camo look a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> little mismatch there yeah it was great I mean it was I thought gee South Carolina um April I'm I had lived in South Carolina for nine years I was like this is gonna be hot so I had this nice spring camo and I think it got down to like 34 that night I was completely freezing my butt off and Kathy saved me so thank you again. <laughs> oh it was great um <laughs> But the camp itself was set up at a, a public um, campground and um, actually the one of the national forest pieces of property that South Carolina has in its wildlife management um, program um, for public hunting. Um, and having hunted wild turkeys for, you know, 40 plus years, um, I knew that hunting on public lands in South Carolina um, three weeks into the season was going to be a major challenge, but um, I'll tell you, I was a little embarrassed that over two days, um, I couldn't even locate a wild turkey to hear gobble while I was trying to show Hunter Aaron what it was like out there. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I've averaged three wild turkeys a year since I started hunting 40 years ago, and I can't even find one to show her. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Okay. First of all, Kathy is, Erin, I'm sure you didn't come into turkey camp expecting to have the guide of a lifetime um, mm -hmm. in Kathy. But also, Kathy, I love that you said you you were expecting to show her how it is out there, because my understanding of turkey hunting is that is how it is out there. <laughs> I guess I'm spoiled from all the years of um, scouting and, and going and, and figuring out um, good places to hunt. But um, it's, it's still wonderful, even if you don't, because it is crisp in the mornings usually, and you hear other birds, and you get that great exercise. In and, and boy, I was really glad that Erin is fit, because I, I took her on a lot of walking, didn't I, Erin? Yeah, you did. I mean, it was 
yeah, it was, those were some intense days and I was super impressed at your fitness level, Kathy. I mean, you should have seen her. I mean, we were going miles through the woods off trail and Kathy was scrambling down banks and up banks and <laughs> climbing trees. You know, it was, she, she was <laughs> fantastic. Um, so we got a lot of exercise, but you know, Kathy, you said you were embarrassed that you weren't able to <laughs> even get a turkey to call, but I didn't care. Like I had <laughs> so much fun. I mean, I learned, even though we didn't see a turkey, I learned a ton from you. Um, just signs to look out for, turkey behavior, oh. how to set up a blind, um, doing the turkey calls. By the way, I just got my first turkey call. So Yay. Um, so I'll be using that this spring. But um, yeah, it was, I didn't even notice that we didn't, I mean, I did notice that we didn't have a turkey, <laughs> but, but it, it didn't dampen it at all. Uh, that, and it made me feel better when I um, saw Aaron um, at the NWTF headquarters for the deer hunt um, several months later. It's like, oh, yes, I didn't scare her off or run her off because I couldn't get find anything for her to interact with. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so I, I've heard word on the street is that the two of you have had more hunting adventures after turkey camp. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, the next time that I saw Aaron was um, at the National Wild Turkey Federation property where a hunt had been arranged for um, women to, to go deer hunting who were new to the sport. And Morgan had asked me if I would, would help do that, mentor someone in a stand. And so um, I told her that I would do that. Um, I wasn't paired with Erin at this hunt. I was paired with a, a young woman um, whose Savannah was her name from, um, she's from lower South Carolina, um, about 20. And it was um, her first um, deer. She actually got a doe. We sat in a stand together and um, we talked through, um, a buck came out and she just couldn't quite get settled in for the shot. And I talked her through it and it's fine not to take the shot, but she ended up getting a doe, which was, was really nice. And, and she was so excited, but anyway, Aaron and I saw each other there and we started talking. Um, she hunted with a, another person there. And as we were talking, I said, okay, Aaron, um, I need, you need to just come and hunt with me at the property we have um, in Upper South Carolina and see if we can get a deer then since she didn't get one at this hunt. Um, so that was the, the next interaction. Erin, you want to talk about that too? Yeah, sure. And I mean, I guess just to go back a little bit more, um, Kathy and I had just really hit it off at the turkey camp. We found out we had a weirdly a ton in common we both work in the same industry or work Kathy just retired um and they're both pretty avid tennis players so um we just had a lot to talk about and became friends there and so I was so excited to see her again familiar face because again I didn't know what I was walking into um didn't know anybody so I was like yay at least I know one person um but yeah uh didn't, didn't get, didn't see anything there. I didn't even see a deer at that first deer hunt. So, uh, Kathy, I don't know if you felt sorry for me or what. <laughs> this woman is persistent. She didn't see a turkey the first time. She didn't see a deer the second time. And she still went hunting again. <laughs> yes, I'd say. But yeah, Kathy, Kathy was so nice. Um, 
called me up and said, Hey, do you want to come hunting on my property? And I was just, you know, so honored that you even thought of me, Kathy, but, um, that was, that was that, um, after Christmas came up to her property in South Carolina, well, in the upstate, I guess, and, uh, got my first deer. So thanks to Kathy. Please tell us, tell us more about this deer. (laughs) It was really um, another one of those things, Ashley, where I was thinking um, toward the end of the the hunt, because we didn't have many places where two people could sit together. But Erin said she was comfortable sitting in a stand on her own. Um, And um, so she was sitting by herself and I was sitting in a different stand. Um, And toward the end of December, um, of 2021, it got really warm those last two weeks. Uh, the highs even were in the 70s some days, and so the deer weren't moving that much. And before this day that Aaron came, the last six times I had gone hunting, I had not seen a deer. So all afternoon uh, we were sitting there, and I wasn't seeing anything. And I'm thinking, oh, Aaron's come, and she's not <laughs> gonna see a deer, but but this time we had arranged for Aaron to stay for uh, a couple of days. Uh, we were, you know, if we didn't see anything that day, we were at least had the opportunities the next time. So um, I was sitting in my stand and it was getting to be last light where you really only had a couple of minutes before you just couldn't see through your scope to, to even shoot. And all of a sudden I saw a deer about 125 yards away, um, down a, a, an open lane and it was feeding. And then when its head came up, it was like, Oh, this is a nice buck. So I waited for him to get, you know, turned and, and finally I took the shot and it was, you know, really getting late. And right after I shot, it wasn't even a minute after I shot, I heard Aaron shoot and it's like, yes, <laughs> she did <laughs> see a deer. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's awesome. What, Aaron, what was happening in your stand? Um, absolutely nothing for a long time. Uh, saw some squirrels playing. <laughs> that was about it. Um, it was really nice weather. So um, it, was, it was a good day to be out, but it was literally almost dark when something that did not sound like a squirrel started coming out from the right hand side. Um, into the field that I was watching and um, lo and behold it was a little buck Um, it was probably we decided it was about a year and a half old um, three points and I just you know the adrenaline starts going like oh my god this is it this is it Um, yeah so I heard Kathy's shot go off and then right after that I I took my shot and got him so so it, it was really a, a, a great surprise after no deer movement earlier that we both had the opportunity <laughs> to get deer. So it took a while to, to get them out. Um, um, and um, also, I know this is an Artemis um, podcast, but my husband was there and he helped us get the deer out. So it didn't take as long. Um, and then we took the deer to the processor um, so that they could um cut up the um, venison into the different cuts we wanted and, and freeze it and have it ready for us. Um, and so once, once the venison was ready, um, 
we picked it up. And because my husband and I live in Columbia and Aaron's in Charleston, um, we picked it up and brought it back to Columbia. And then, um, as Aaron mentioned earlier, we, we both like to play tennis. So we decided that Aaron coming to Columbia to pick up her venison would be a good reason for us to schedule some time to play tennis. So we actually did that in, um, this past weekend and had real, a lot of fun playing tennis. She's, she's a good tennis player, too. So I enjoyed playing with her and looking forward to doing that again as well at some point. Oh, I love that. Also, Kathy, we have, we do not exclude men from the Artemis community, um, especially wonderful men like your husband. We actually have a term for them, Artemis. <laughs> Artemis. Oh, I love it. I'll have to let him know that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, for so many of us, our journeys have been very much supported or inspired um, or even, you know, oftentimes mentored by um, men in our lives. So, yeah, there's a place for them Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. He certainly is the one who has taught me everything I know about hunting over the years. And um, uh, sometimes it's uh, it's kind of nice to be out there in the field hunting and, and knowing there's somebody else out there. And deer hunting in particular, when you get a deer, it's nice to have somebody help you get the deer out. Um, turkeys, I can carry a turkey out by myself, but it's nice to have that help with the deer. <laughs> yeah, thank you to your husband. That I don't I don't know what we would have done if he hadn't have been there. I mean, we we might have between the two of us gotten it. I'm sure we would have, but that was great. It would have it would have taken us a little longer for sure. Processor <laughs> <laughs> might have been closed. <laughs> True. We'll we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after a word from our partners. Howdy, Artemis listeners. This is Aaron Kindle from NWF Outdoors. We know you love awesome conservation conversations. That's why we want to invite you to check out the NWF Outdoors podcast, where we dive deep into the issues, people, and places that showcase the best of the sporting conservation lifestyle. Guests include leaders, luminaries, and decision makers who define conservation and work tirelessly for fish and wildlife. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts or at nwfoutdoors.org. South Dakota is expanding pheasant hunting's horizons and giving sportswomen a greater voice in the field. The connection to nature, the adrenaline of the hunt, the satisfaction of eating the game you harvest. Hunting is our shared legacy. Everyone is welcome to enjoy it. Go to HuntTheGreatestSD.com to hear stories from women who hunt and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. That's HuntTheGreatestSD.com. South Dakota, sportswomen welcome. And we're back. Kathy, you were saying something right before the break. Um, no, I was just going to mention that we we kind of glossed over some of the things at Turkey Camp earlier that I thought it might be nice to to elaborate on a little bit, um, because there were um, several other women at the camp with us, um, and where we were camping was a primitive um, camp, um, but it did have um, showers and bathrooms, which was very nice to have to be able to get a shower, but we 
um, pitched tents and we had um, we cooked outside. Although I must say that the food that Morgan fixed was like gourmet food. I mean, um, she had snow goose hearts, um, um, all kinds of the food was wonderful. And the fellowship was great, too, around the fire and just spending the time talking with other people and practicing turkey calls and telling stories and um, then having other people drop by the next day. And um, so it was just really a lot of fun just to be around all of the the other folks who were at the camp as well as the hunting part. I would definitely second that. I mean, the the fellowship that that you that you experience at these camps and um, with the different Artemis activities is just really wonderful. It's really special. Yeah, Erin, I know you were brand spanking new to hunting, but were you expecting that before you came to camp? Um, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> Just, um, I had I had hoped for that, you know, um, have a new circle of friends, meet new people, get exposed to new things. So I had had certainly hoped that I would come away with some relationships, um, you know, so... I, I wasn't disappointed. Um, it was great. Yeah. Just sitting around the campfire telling stories and other people from other camps coming over, sharing their strawberry wine with us. And, you know, um, it, it was a great time. Erin, can you talk to us about what it's like to have um, a woman, specifically one as awesome as Kathy, um, as your hunting mentor? Yeah, sure. Um Kathy has just been very patient. Like no, no question is a stupid question. And I've had a lot of them. Um, she's been just so great to explain the why behind everything and, and show me some of her tricks of the trade. Um, and she's just an even keeled type of person. Nothing really ruffles her feathers, at least from what I've seen. Um, so I've just, I've been pretty lucky to have her take me through the ropes and um, include me in on some of her hunts. Well, Erin, thank you for that. But I'll, I'll just say that it's nice to have someone like you who um, is interested in it and wants to learn. And I've learned from you as well. But knowing that you've come into the hunting situations um, ready to do um, and put in the effort that it takes, being fit and prepared to, to go out, especially with turkey hunting, it's important. But um, also having um, completed all of the um, hunter education work and shooting, knowing that you'd been out on the range. And, and I watched you at the range at the um, that first steer hunt where um, you were with a different mentor that day and I watched you shoot and it was apparent you were comfortable with your shooting and um, accurate and all of those things make it easy um, to have somebody around. And um, it's one of those things that you don't realize um, up front, but I truly enjoyed watching you and seeing you be successful um, even more than me being successful bringing that deer out. I appreciate that. And 
I, I mean, I didn't really expect to get a mentor. I didn't ask for a mentor. I just kind of threw myself into the situation and lucked out um, to get to get you know a good relationship with Kathy and for her to bring me on some of her hunts. Um, but honestly, looking back, I don't know how I don't know how I could have had these experiences without a mentor. You know, like I'm not gonna just go out by myself on the weekend and <laughs> to some public land and hunt by myself. And, you know, I, I kind of wondered that as I had started my journey, I'm like, okay, I'm getting this license. I'm watching some, or this, this certificate education certificate. I'm watching some meat eater. All right. What's next. Um, so I think just kind of unfolded, but you know, it really is challenging if you don't have someone to guide you through, through how to just how to start um so um I, th I think it is important and I think that's a really good part of Artemis and uh, a mission of Artemis is to afford the new people opportunities to to get out there and just <laughs> get lift off from <laughs> education and just book knowledge only to actually doing it. I love that term lift off. I feel like that really is all encompassing for the experience of trying to get started as a hunter. Erin, um, what, what's your plan now that you have kind of these two seasons under your belt? I mean, last spring turkey season and then deer season, what are your plans for this coming year? Well, I definitely want to continue with the turkey. I'm so excited with about turkey hunting um in the spring now that I know a little bit more and I have my new call um and definitely deer season again but I'm just want to progressively get more species under my belt um I'm going on a rabbit hunt at the end of this month that I'm super excited about um my dad is like so stoked that I'm getting into this he used to rabbit hunt as a kid and he's like oh man you're gonna have so much fun um, he's kind of living vicariously through me with some of this. So I just want to try out new, um, new species. Um, I think maybe next year do a duck hunt. I'd really love to do that. I was Yay just, for duck hunting. <laughs> I was just close to signing up for one. Um, uh, should be happening right about now. I think it was in Arkansas, but I thought, ah, uh, you know, every species requires new gear. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like new stuff. And so that is true. And I will say waterfowl may be the most gear of them all, <laughs> depending on how far you take it, but you could go, we have been talking about going on a snow goose hunt, a uh, snow goose hunt. And I think that you need very, very little, um, equipment to go on a guided snow goose hunt. And they're not terribly expensive as far as guided hunts go. Oh. Sorry, this is just something that's been on my brain lately. But you're you're right though about all the gear. I just call it toys. I need new toys every year. I've been hunting for many years, but I still need new toys every year. Yeah. I am not hard to buy for for Christmas. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just I I gotta get all the gear, the ammo, and I just um, was a little overwhelming this year with the holidays coming up. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep it to two new species a year. So anyway, rabbit and maybe duck. 
Erin, is the rabbit hunt you're talking about perchance the Artemis rabbit hunt in South Carolina? It is. Yeah, so Morgan Morgan is one of our South Carolina ambassadors, and she's just hit it out of the park this year. I mean, she did a turkey hunt that we talked about here. Um, she did a deer camp, and now there's going to be a rabbit hunt. So I'm so glad that... <laughs> Excuse the baby belch. I'm so glad... <laughs> That um, there are women taking advantage of these events and that awesome relationships are forming as part of it. Um, I think this the community aspect of hunting is something that before I became a part of Artemis, I didn't talk about a lot or really think very much about, except knowing that I really like to sit in the blind and, you know, shoot the shit, so to speak, until the birds show up. And like, that's a fun part. And I loved elk camp growing up, but I didn't really verbalize any of that or like, explore it that way um and i think it's just such an important part of hunting because hunting is cultural and um even if you mostly do it solo it's still very much about it like it's a way that you can relate to other people that's very unique i don't know how either of you feel about that well i certainly do as well ashley and um i'll tell you when i started hunting i knew one other woman who hunted um but in a way that really was some of the appeal. It's like, if these guys can go out here and do this, I can do this too. It's kind of like a challenge in ways, but I've never um, felt that um, it being a woman made any difference in hunting or in hunt camp. Um, I, a couple of years ago when I, well, the year before COVID um, hit, I was in Colorado on an elk hunt and there were eight people in camp and it was a, I would call it a semi-primitive camp. Um, it did have a generator, so there was electricity and, you know, you slept inside and that kind of thing. But there were um, seven men hunting and me, and they were all great. I really enjoyed getting to know them and, um, you know, um, as you said, you know, just trading tales um, during meals and sitting around. And, and I still stay in touch with a couple of them as well. Um, so should, the camaraderie is a big part of it. And then meeting new people and, and learning that you have lots in common and learning from them. And it doesn't matter how long we've been hunting. We can always learn from other people. But um, I truly enjoy seeing other people um, grow in hunting and experience some of the same um, successes and and the feelings of of joy in hunting, as I said, and and to me that's a, a really good part of it is just seeing other people enjoy it too. Yeah, well, that kind of leads me into one of the questions that we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast um, is to to tell us about one of your favorite moments in the field. Um, this could be a moment that the two of you shared or not. Um, but yeah, we just like to hear, we like to hear stories about people that are out there. Again, the camaraderie aspect that we're talking about. Um, it's kind of hard to, to talk about one. And, and, and I'll tell you, I do sometimes hunt together with other people, but especially like with turkey hunting, maybe occasionally, but I do a lot of um, solitary hunting and some of my favorite times in the field um, doing that are when the situation is a challenging one and I'm able to kind of figure it out. Um, and I've often said that 
and I have a log of all the deer and wild turkeys I've, I have actually been successful in harvesting over the years. But anyone who hunts wild turkeys will tell you, you will miss turkeys. And I've often thought I probably should write a book about all the turkeys I've missed as opposed to thinking about <laughs> the ones I brought home. <laughs> but uh, but I, they're, they're, sorry. No, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't want to interrupt because I know this is going to be a great story, but you made me, so years ago, probably like four or five years ago, my husband bought this beautiful leather bound journal basically to write down all of our hunts in. And oh, great. we did a good job for like six months, like that hunting season, we did a good job. And then it's just been every hunt we go on, I'll think back on it like a month later and be like, Oh, that would have been cool for Charlie to read, you know, when she's like yeah. 15. <laughs> so sure. kudos to you. And I need to do better about it. And I just think it's a wonderful thing to do. If there's anybody out there listening that thinks it might be cool. I just think it's amazing. Cause now Kathy, you can look back on entries from decades ago, right. And relive some of your memories that way. That, and I do sometimes, and it's really, and it always brings a smile to your face and you, and I don't always have details in there. Sometimes I will a little bit, but others I don't. It's kind of like what day it was and what time and where I was and, you know, what, what was happening at the time. But I, I don't always have a lot of detail, but, but it's really kind of interesting to think you can go back and just read a few of those things and relive those, those hunts and uh, just the, the places that I hunt in or, to me, it's such a big part of, of the hunt, but, um, but anyway, it's, uh, there's, there are a lot of different ones out there that are interesting and challenging. And, um, most of the ones, when I think about it are tied into wild turkeys and places and, um, and, and things have really changed since I started hunting because when I started hunting, um, in South Carolina back, like I said, in the late seventies, there really weren't anywhere near as many people hunting turkeys at that time. And there was a lot more land that was in the, um, the public hunting land. And I really was able to learn how close was so close. You're going to scare a turkey away, but how far away was so far the turkey couldn't hear you calling and go. I mean, I hunted in places that, I could go and hunt a turkey, and if I messed up, that's okay. There's another one goblin over here, so I can just go over there and hunt that one. And then if I mess up on that one by getting too close or scaring it away, that's okay. I can go over here. So I was, you know, it's to me that's a big difference. You feel like you, you really, if you mess up, you're like, ah, oh, now I have to wait till tomorrow to to really start again. But um, it's it's just a and it just really makes um, it makes you feel good about being able to go out and and work with other people and hopefully um, give them some tips that will help them from messing up some of the ways that I did early on. <laughs> but but anyway, there are some fun things. And one of the hunts I had this a couple of years, I guess it was last spring or the spring before, there were gobblers who that were roosting at the top of a um, river, or no, it wasn't a river really, it was a creek bottom, and it had really steep hardwood hills going up to a cutover area at the top of the hardwoods that flattened out. So these gobblers would roost up at the very top 
So they could see down into the creek behind them and they could see out into the cutover. And so I'm in there and I'd hunted them. Um, several other people had hunted these birds too, but they're hard to, it's hard to get to a place where you feel like you can sit down and call where you think they might come. And they have hens with them some days. So, you know, I'd heard these gobblers. And so one day I went in on the other side of the creek and decided that I was going to try to just get in as close as I could. And they um, gobbled and flew out into the cutover. And so I went around the edge of it, up the hill on the side, up a little finger point, and sat down and started calling. And they all came, the hens, the gobblers came in, and they came in strutting down to me. And it's not something that happens very often. Um, so sometimes being aggressive pays off by getting closer if you can use the terrain. Um, but it was it really felt good to be able to bring one of those gobblers home after having tried unsuccessfully throughout the year and just happened to be there on the right day with the right position where I was able to get in position without being seen. So those are fulfilling hunts. Gosh, I'd say that sounds like an amazing experience. Erin, what's one of your favorite moments? Um, well, in my vast experience hunting. Um, <laughs> hey, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, one thing that comes to mind, um, the last day of turkey camp, um, Kathy, I think you left or... I yes, know. I had I had to leave because my tennis team had an event in Hilton Head. So, you know, that other thing we share in common. That's right. Um, so I was out with um, Mary Lynn and we actually heard a gobbler and it was so thrilling. It was far away, but I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'd ever heard a turkey gobble in my life. So anyway, uh, we were trying to, to call this thing in and he would not gobble and we went up and down a couple different dirt roads and we were coming over the crest of this dirt road after much calling and the this tom and two hens come like screaming across the road in front of us and mary lynn's like get your gun and we, we just like both took off running chasing these things and you know we didn't get them they ran off but we did find their hidey hole um and are convinced if the weather wasn't coming in and we weren't leaving that night that we could have come back there in the morning and gotten one. But that was just thrilling, um, very action-packed um, afternoon. So that was that was really fun. And I guess the other thing that comes to mind is at deer camp, um, when was it? This was in early December of this year. Um, we didn't, I think Morgan was the only one who got a deer, but just sitting in the deer stands in the morning and then the afternoons, I think there was like 14 of us, we had these text messages going, like people start getting punchy that were just hilarious. And so just the string of jokes and text messages was just, it was so fun. Um, <laughs> so just the combination of that and really enjoying the outdoors and just being out there in a beautiful fall day. So. And another thing about that too, is as I mentioned earlier, Ashley, is that knowing that I 
had really thought I probably could work a turkey if we could hear one while I was out there with Erin. Um, the embarrassment of not being able to find one for her. So she has agreed that she will come hunting with me um, next spring or the spring of, the, of 2022. So this year, so that hopefully I can demonstrate some of the things that I told her happen when I'm hunting. <laughs> That's great. That, yeah, I, that sounds, Erin, you're going to get to learn from one of the best of them, I'd say. That, that's exciting. All right, so this is a wonderful conversation. I can't thank the two of you enough for sharing um, your a little snippet of your journeys with us. Uh, let's go around the circle and do hits and misses. Uh, what have you been aiming for and how did it go? Kathy, do you want to start us off? Um, well, I mentioned that I had retired a year ago. Um, my husband and I are in the middle of starting to build a vacation house in the North Carolina mountains. Um, and we expect to break ground in March um, and hopefully be able to start using um, the house. Um, and well, hopefully within a year, but things are a little slow right now. Um, but the, the place is on the eastern side of the Great Smoky Mountains. So I'm looking forward to not only enjoying being there to do some of the hiking that I enjoy doing. Um, I also have started dabbling in fly fishing for trout, so doing some of that, but also hunting wild turkeys in that part of the um, country. So I've, I haven't hunted in North Carolina before. I've hunted in other places for turkeys, but not North Carolina, and it's close to Tennessee, so I'm going to branch out and do some hunting in those areas, too, and maybe even hook up with Mary Lynn, who lives over in Tennessee, and um, and see also if we could, you know, what we can do. I haven't talked to her about that yet, but just looking forward to some um, trying out some new places. It's always part of the, the journey to me. The fun part is is exploring new places and learning the lay of the land at other places I want to hunt. Um, so that's a lot that's going on right now with me. That's exciting. And can I just say, Kathy, that I also live in Tennessee and I have a place that we can go to. <laughs> it's a vast yeah, you do. place. I, 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 I had forgotten that you're in Tennessee too. That's great. Yeah. So if you ever want to come a little bit farther, I'm, I've moved a little bit from the border. If you want to come a little bit farther, we can certainly work something out. Um, Sounds great. We'll do that. Erin, <laughs> what have you been aiming for? Uh, I was aiming to get some meat in my freezer <laughs> and I got some meat in my freezer. <laughs> and um, I've been trying to figure out how to eat more organ meats. And when we took our deer to the processor, um, asked for them to take out the heart and the liver. And um, so I've been working with those and actually the heart has been a big hit around my house and my best friend on the street thought it was delicious and um I now I gotta figure out how to make liver taste good so my dog <laughs> really likes it <laughs> I'll tell you that There's oh my gosh um, okay. and actually I made um I sliced it into thin strips and put it on real low in the oven to kind of make a jerky sort of thing and the intent was to give it to my dog, but I ate one. Um, <laughs> it, tasted, it tasted like chicken liver, which is great because I hate beef liver. I think it's disgusting. But um, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. So we 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 both got something out of it. 
<laughs> oh, and let me mention to you too, Ashley, that Aaron gave Ron and me this awesome cookbook called Buck Buck Goose. I mean, excuse me, Buck Buck Moose. Yes. Yeah. So we were just looking through that, and and Ron is is really the cook at our house. I I can cook and I do some, but he loves cooking. So we are really looking forward to um, using some of those recipes. That is actually what I got my husband for Christmas this year, that and a new <laughs> okay. knife. So there's some good ones in there. And actually, Erin, I was going to mention um, the liver that you got out of a year and a half old deer should taste good um, at that age. And actually, Hank Shaw, who is the author of Buck Buck Moose um, and Duck Duck Goose, among others, um, <laughs> he has a really amazing recipe for dirty rice that calls for liver. I highly recommend it. It's, it's fabulous. You can find it on his. That's on my, that's on my birthday list. So yeah, (laughs) good deal. I'll be able to cook out of it soon. (laughs) Well, I was also aiming to fill our freezer this year. Did not do a great job of that. Um, (laughs) Had some, had a little bit of a learning curve here with with the baby. Um, But my husband actually (laughs) just was able to go on a duck hunt in Mississippi. And I guess the people he was hunting with, didn't want any of the birds they shot. So he came home with an absolute pile of waterfowl um, that we are going to pluck and wax and render the fat from and just use every little bit of them. So at least we have that. (laughs) When we get together, I'll have to share with you some of the wild turkey and venison we have in our freezer because we always have plenty. Oh, Kathy, that's very sweet. Yeah, someday Mm -hmm. I hope to have enough turkey meat to warrant learning how to cook it (laughs) (laughs) goals i made some wild turkey salad yeah wild turkey salad is great i made wild turkey pot pies um that was really good too um ron's made wild turkey schnitzel um all you can do it all kinds of ways we we don't tend to actually cook it like people think you do for thanksgiving turkey in the oven in fact I don't even remember the last time we did that, but there, there's so many ways you can cook it and it's good. Oh man, all of that sounds great. I actually, Olivia um, for Turkey Tactics last spring had schnitzel, turkey schnitzel was one of the recipes that she had. It's still on the blog for those that might be interested. Um, wonderful. Well, it was amazing to talk to both of you. Um, I hope, Erin, that I get to meet you in person. And Kathy, I hope we can go turkey hunting. (laughs) Sounds like Um, it'd be fun. Yes, I'm sure it would be. Um, In the meantime, thanks for joining us this week on the Artemis Podcast. We hope you're having a great week. Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside. Get outside.